Listen up, everybody. Supercolor has created their brand new transfer. This is the next gen transfer that's easier to use and easier to peel. The world's best heat transfer just got that much better. We recently had Mike and Rum on the show. You may have remembered that episode. And they were talking about how this transfer was tested in so many different types of heat presses in their shop. They just had them lined up and were going through to make sure they worked on the different variants of machinery out there. So it's easier to peel, it's easier to use, which gives you more confidence. That way you can decorate faster and we know time is money. Make sure you use Printavo 1.5 to get 15% off your first order. Give it a try. Super fast, super easy. Thanks, Supercolor. All right, Graphic Source. Uh, if you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, go to 1900hotstuff.com. Um, there you'll find Graphic Source, uh, Lucas, Nick, Brent. They offer industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. Um, you'll get nice calls every so often from Nick, just complimenting you on your day. And uh, just spent the weekend with uh, with Nick in Chicago. Um, they really become a part of your team. And when it comes to SEPs, mocks, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office, and customer service, there's no better in there's no better company in our industry to work with. Hit them up, graphicsource.com, for all your art staffing needs. They've got hundreds of shops, um, that uh, 100 Printavo shops that use uh, Graphex. And we at Campus Inc. have three artists um, and back office admin on our team. So 50% off your first vector, sep, or embroidery order. Thanks so much, Graphic Source. Steven, what shouldn't you be doing all day? Uh, cleaning dirty screens, Bruce. You know what that's right. Easy ways. <laughs> <laughs> what shouldn't you ever be doing? <laughs> um, coding, um, doing anybody's job, uh, a lot of things. Easy Ways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and they're going to cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Campusing's favorite Easy Way chemical, 701-842, to, that he uses to help clean his dirty screens. Easy Way... Um, they work with about a hundred plus distributors out there, but the really great thing is, you know, they're there to help get the job done. From how to's best practices and questions, easy way is there. Give them a go. Appreciate you. Thank you guys. All right. Multicraft underscore daddy. You want to pay attention to this because we're switching this up a little bit. Um, our number one fan, Multicraft underscore daddy, heard that we wanted to give away some supplies. Bruce, have I told you we're doing this? Surprise. Uh, there's a text. There's no notes in here. So you're, um, you're we're sweetening it up. So Dave Eggers and the PMI tape team are giving away one free case of PMI tape. Um, and it's Multicraft Daddy branded. And so we use Multicraft for all of our supplies. Um, this is for new customers only. So if you follow Dave Eggers on Instagram, Multicraft underscore daddy, DM him. Um, and he will pick a winner. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, follow PMI tape, leave a nice comment. A case of PMI tapes, like three, 400 bucks. So like, this is an awesome, awesome giveaway and, uh, you can go do it right away. And, uh, yeah, there we go. Thanks so much. PMI tape and multicraft. All right. Let's jump into the episode. Just internet friends, huh? That's right. Yep. Good to good to meet you in person or virtually, I suppose. Where'd you guys originally meet? The internet. Yeah, oh, this. Probably, Facebook probably or through, through, your, through your podcast. No, through your podcast, honestly. <laughs> I think uh I think I've been just following you guys and you know, I, I probably hate myself for it because every time I get off listening to your guys' podcast, I I'd make a change in my company and go go add something fun and and, <laughs> and Steven's responsible for most of that. So <laughs> that's how we met. Yep. I do that too. And then everyone's like, Steven, what are you doing? Yeah. I, yeah. I my, my staff hates me. I'm like, so I listen to this Printabo podcast. They're like, here we go. You know, <laughs> so, but, Hurricane uh, no, I love it. Big, big, big fan. I, I listen to you guys. I listen to everyone. So it's, it's a lot of fun for me to listen to somebody else that's, that's doing the same stuff. So, so Connor, you and I, uh, chat about, um, our favorite source subject and, uh, uh-huh. I feel like it's been enough time where we're, you know, we want to vent about something. So fuck it. Let's talk about DTF. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. It's, it's is that, over. Is that why you reached out or was it originally about DTF? It was your guys' podcast. I think you guys were talking about um, 
something about you know what what people use for for virtual help or, or I, don't, I don't quite remember but i sent steven a text and i said hey we use this and then we got to talking about i said it was much better decision than dtf and then we went down that rabbit hole and uh <laughs> That's yeah <funny>. so <laughs> so connor give us a little background you're in st louis tell us a little about yourself we're in st louis uh we've we've been stl shirt company since 2011 uh, my dad actually started a sporting goods store. So we used to be Gaffney Sporting Goods back in the day. Uh, we sold the equipment, right? So sh- shoes, baseball bats, balls, all that stuff. Um, and with that business came the team uniforms. So that's how we got into screen printing. Um, so my dad did all that. And then back in 2011, we got rid of all the retail because it was too hard to compete. Um Got rid of that and then just went to screen printing and I kind of jumped in there and we've been rolling ever since. So, did, did you have a background? What I mean, obviously, is your dad's business. This is interesting. It's it's. Hey, we're going to dive into DTF, but I'm curious. Um, what made you want to take over the business? Was it natural? Did you have a passion for it? Because I think there's a lot of a lot of shop owners with kids probably listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I always liked working. Um, I, I I enjoyed working at Gaffney's when when it was a sporting goods store. I loved the family business part of it. It was, we, we had a lot more freedom than people I knew that had other jobs somewhere else. Um, you know, we, we didn't have to beg to get off or, or, you know, ask for anything, which was, which was kind of cool. Not, not that it was, you know, taken advantage of, but I, I loved working with my dad. Um, so that's kind of how we got into it. And, um, yeah, since, since then I just kind of jumped in and we, I've really enjoyed running it. I, I like growth. I'm, I'm kind of addicted to it uh, at, at probably a fault. I might, my staff hates me sometimes for that, but um, it's it's a lot of fun for me to, to get in and, and and see what we can do with this company. So um, I think it's interesting. I talked to a lot of shop owners that have kids or you know, like young, young adults and they're either like, yeah, they're going to take over the business or they want nothing to do with it. Bruce, have you seen that yeah. too? Or like, Hey, do your kids want to do it? And they're like, absolutely not. It was pretty cool to hear, uh, hear about cool legacy stories like that. That's super neat. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. And and we only have five, there's five of us uh, there. I have five siblings and I'm the oldest. So, um, I'm the only one that really wants to run it. My sister, she's 10 years younger than me. She works with me as well. Um, she's in college now, but, uh, she comes in and, and she's great. But the other, the other three that they, they're out there, they do their own thing, which is, which is pretty cool as well. The, the shopping or, or the team sort of dealer space, uh, being more competitive, like, what do you mean by that? As in, there was a lot of other dealers that are opened up that were selling sporting goods or, or online, online or what happened? Right. So yes. So, so that was it. So they'd come into our shop and they'd, you know, swing the bat and then, buy it on Amazon. And that was, that was it. Right. I mean, it was kind of retail is dying anyway. So, um, our, our facility was the testing point for that. And we actually had five locations. Um, so it was, it was a lot. Uh, and it, at some point it, it, you know, it, it just gets too hard to do. And, and so we just decided to shut all that down, liquidate and just go into the screen printing, which is, which is a whole lot more fun, right? Cause we're not carrying inventory. Um, we have one location instead of five. Everything just is on an as order basis, which is which is great. So it's interesting. We'll exhibit at uh, Sports Inc., which is like a buyers group for yeah. for uh-huh. folks in that space. Um, fascinating world because they don't. They're not. They're like yeah, we're screen printers. No, no, like you know, we're de- <laughs> we're we're sport dealers, right? We 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 sell sporting equipment. Um, but they have, a lot of them have screen printing equipment or sub workout and, uh, they definitely have some bigger businesses there and there's been a lot of consolidation over in that area too. Um, but it is interesting trying to compete. Obviously there's BSN, which is another behemoth, but there's, there's, uh, it's interesting trying to compete on those hard goods. Although I think that's why a lot of them added apparel in house. I think it kind of goes hand in hand too. You know, I think like. Like with like winning streak was a big one. Uh, BSN's a big one. Um, There's a new one, uh, game one that seems to pop up. Yeah, yeah, that's a new one now. I guess they're the ones that just bought out Graphic Edge, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they they go into these schools and they try to get all the equipment for the schools, and then same thing. All these schools need the Nike Under Armour jerseys, all that stuff. So the printing kind of comes with those big accounts once they get in there, which is which is pretty cool. So. Connor, is your business primarily still teams, or are you guys? I mean, everything. Do you have a niche? 
No, we actually we we hate the teams. If I'm being straight up, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. Like you don't like 14 piece orders with crazy parents. No, they're horrible. They're, they're horrible. And the, exactly, the parents are terrible. You know, they always have add ons at fall ball. They need one more jersey. It's it's the worst business. And we've actually got out of it completely. So we started in it. We did it. We used to do like team fittings here in the store where they'd come in, they would try on the Oof. pants, they try on the belts. It was it was terrible. And we had a lot of them. Right. And, and this time of year, especially by the 15th of April, we had at one point 200 baseball teams that were in our stores getting fitted and then calling us the week later saying, hey, our game's tonight. <laughs> you know, why don't you have it? And uh, no, we've since got out of that. So now we, yeah. we primarily do spirit wear. Yeah, you you just you just send those customers to Andy at Shirt Kong. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he'll send them right back. You know, we, we, we're both not in agreement over those. Yeah. <laughs> I should. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a big pivot, by the way. That is a big pivot. <laughs> Five stores. Sorry. One yeah. niche yeah. completely moving to another niche. It was gradual. I wouldn't say it was immediate. I mean, it's been 11 years since we turned, you know, actually more than that, 12, 13 years since we've changed a shirt code. So over time, we've just kind of phased out of it and figured out that, you know, the spirit wars. Kind of was that out. your call? Like your kind of first move in the business? I I think I don't know. I, I guess that's, that's a better answer. I, I don't know that it was intentional. I think we just started to find out that it was a lot more fun doing other orders that weren't so game sensitive. Right. So, um no, my first call was to, we still had three locations when we ch- changed to Shirtco. We were still selling out of like a retail area and and printing out of one. And and so we, we got rid of all that and moved to one location, which was much easier to manage. Wow. So, so still in the schools, though, but. Um, yeah, I want to jump into it, Bruce. So, um, Connor, we had the same DTF machine for a period of time buying from the same places, dealing with the same struggles. I think some of our, my employees were calling your employees, trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> Which one was this yes. one when you guys was had the same one? Mongoose? Mongoose. On Team Mongoose, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, yep. You were texting me being like, I'll give you a really good deal on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want your junk. What are no. you talking about? And then, and then you're like, and then uh, like maybe a couple months later, you're like, hey, we got this machine. We think we like it. It's working a lot better. And then our last conversation was, we're getting out of it. And you might be the first shop I've talked to that's completely said we've like we've bought these machines, we've tried to adopt them, we've run different brands, and now we are returning like we are getting out of it completely, um, which I think is really interesting because we are still using them every day and it's a struggle every single day. But I'm curious, walk us through your, your journey. Like what made you want to be an early adopter and buy the machine? Were you, are you a big transfer shop? Like, tell us about that. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're really primarily screen printing. So we do, we do a ton of screen printing. We actually, we do embroidery as well, but store online stores are, are our niche. So we, we ran last year, 500 online stores. So uh, we use Chipley. Chipley, we love. Chipley's the one that, and they integrate with Printava, which is even better. We used to use Order My Gear. Um, they kind of got behind on some updates, and now we use Chipley. And um, same thing for School Spiritwear, right? So we do a ton of stores where we open it up for a couple weeks, let it run. Once it closes, we print, embroider everything, we separate it all, and then we send it out to that customer. So um, that was why I wanted DTF, right? Because we get stores that close and they might only sell five pieces of a, of a four color design. And, and we do normally return, we have to go either refund it or, or eat it and do it. Right. And I, I hated refunding customers, right. Cause these people bought something on day one of the store opening. They think they're getting that. And when we come in two weeks later and say, Hey, by the way, you didn't meet the minimum. We're refunding you. Sorry. You know, that's, they didn't like that. And, and I, I was always super customer service oriented. So, most of the time we printed them and it was a whole bunch last year, especially we printed hundreds of 10, 12 piece orders that were horrible to print. And my, my, my production staff hated me. They're like, dude, we're not setting up four color designs, five color designs for five shirts. And then, and then we got behind. And so I said, okay, let's, let's figure out a transfer solution. Right. So if, if we can do those in house, colors don't matter. We can print them right here. It should be pretty easy. Um, so that's kind of where DTF in. And, and actually, the, the second part to that is, you know, is the Amazon effect, right? So people are asking me for tracking numbers within a day or a couple hours of them placing their order. 
they think we've got a Francis Howell high school t-shirt just sitting on a shelf in our warehouse. <laughs> they don't, they don't know that we print it or they don't know that the store's got to close. So I see the writing on the wall of, you know, we have to get closer to instant fulfillment or, or day or two fulfillment compared to waiting two weeks to print everything, separate everything and ship it out. So, did you ever mess with DTG first or? I, oh yeah. Yeah. I did the same. I, I bought a real nice Epson 3070 or whatever the, the big one. Right. Um, Spent a good chunk of change on that. And I think I had that four months uh, and I sold it. Yeah. So that's a fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 machine, right? 70. Yeah. About 75, I think by the time it went in and I, I'm pretty good at taking losses on equipment at this point. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, well, what was, was the trigger cool point machine. to sell that? I couldn't do what I, I couldn't do everything with it. I couldn't, I could only do hundred percent cotton t-shirts or, and, or the pre-treat for you, Steven, you mm. talk about this all the time. Pre-treat sucks. It, it's just, you got to sit there and you got to coat it. You got to send it through the dryer or put it under a heat press. Then you got to go back and then you got to uh, make sure that everything was covered, right? Make sure you got enough pre-treat on it. And if you, if you didn't do that, then it didn't print. And then your shirt was scrapped and you started over. It just took way too long. It was, it was not worth I it. I think there's a misconception that you can backfill screen printing orders with DTG orders, and that is false. Don't think yeah. that you can buy a DTG, and if you need to print more, two more shirts, you can just, you know, after your screen printing run, do no. it. I've heard that happen so many times. And I had heard that for years, right? Now, we'd stayed away from it for forever, and... um it finally got to the point where I'm like, well, at least we should try it. And yeah, it didn't make, didn't make it long. So, <laughs> so then did you start buying transfers first or did you just jump right in? I jumped in. Um, I, I, I always do. Right. I, I get excited. I said, let's, let's go for it. We can figure it out. We have enough people here that we can, you know, I, no wonder I, you guys text so much. Very similar. Yeah. characteristics. <laughs> we have a lot in common, Connor. We, we do. And actually I, I, not to go off subject, but I, I laugh because you talk about your business partner a lot and how old school he is or what he's done. And I, I, I feel like my dad's the exact same, right? They talk about Rubolith and printing this way and all that stuff. And we sh they we should sh get, they should, we should set them up. We that should. Could be, that could be they, love is blind. blind first match. Yes. Yeah. You're right, man. They, they'd love each other. But I laugh. I, I hear about all your struggles and going through and, and your business partner. And I'm like, man, it's the same. It's it's just the same with my dad here. Everyone's he's at some point here for comedic relief now, you know, and we're just we put him on press and throw him out there. But um, yeah, so no, it was so we dove right in. Uh, I ordered the mongoose. I, I, I texted Steve. I said, what'd you get? Let's, I'm going to go for it. And at this point, DTF Superstore was one of the only few, I think that we'd even heard about. Um, we had the mongoose. I had that about a year. I think I switched out four print heads, four print heads on it, which, you know, those are a couple grand a piece. Um, never, never had it right. I mean, I think from like on day one, we, we had some good prints out of it and we were excited about it. And then it just was more and more difficult every time, right? So the dryer didn't come in right. The dryer, you know, they're all Chinese machines rebranded. The dryer came in with with Chinese as the main language. And so we're trying to figure that out. Um, same thing with the, with the printer that we had. We, we Something would break and we'd call DTF Superstore and they'd be like, what? What, what is that? I, I don't know, you know, and then, and then they'd say, try this. And they had no idea what they were doing either as far as fixing it. And uh, uh, so we tried it and we, we figured out a lot of it on our own, really, on on how to replace print heads, how to get the machine troubleshooted and, and get it up and running. But at some point it wasn't worth it. And we're just like, this is this is just a fight. I'm paying them just to fight this machine for the first four hours of the day to get a transfer out. Um, and it just it just wasn't worth it. So we sold that machine. I kept the dryer from it. I, how long, I how long were you fussing around with it for? A year. I had that one for a year. Did you see benefits though with, you know, being able to fulfill store or are you just saying it never worked or, or were you able to, you know, start to do the on demand store fulfillment like you wanted? We did it for a long time. Yeah. So we did use it. Right. So I think I did. We had about 20 stores that were using it. Um, it was working. It started, I, I, I think I just wanted it to work so badly that I was ignoring to the quality issues that we were having as well. Right. So like it didn't look like screen printing. Right. So it was it, it, it wasn't quite there. It wasn't the quality that we had put out. So I kept letting stuff fly, let it fly. I'm like, at this point, we spent four hours trying to fix the machine and the stores two weeks late. It's got to go, you know, and I finally said, 
no, we, we can't just, you know, let this go out because it has to get done. We got, let's try something else. And so I, I still believe now, even still that the DTF could be a solution. So I bought another printer, right? So I sold the one, I bought another one from a, from a local rep Schiller's in St. Louis because they had talked highly of it. And they said, this is, this is the next one. Try this. Okay. I was excited about it. Same thing. First week it comes in, it's printing beautifully. It's awesome. Things are looking great. As it goes, it just goes more and more downhill faster. And we're just like, God, why, you know, it's, it's slow. That was, that was something I didn't even think about. Right. So we're just my, my staff who's used to the mongoose, which was pretty quick. Um, they're sitting there just watching it, you know, just, just drag and drag and drag. And it, it looked good, but we just couldn't wait that long. Um, and so then we, we applied it to some shirts and then it fell off in a wash, you know, and that's your favorite when customer calls, you know, like my, my decal completely fell off. You're like, God, okay. We're, that happened more than I'd like to admit. And then, so we just, we officially, I texted Steven after that. And I think at that point I had given up on it. I said, I'm done. And, and actually during that time, stalls had called or stalls had kind of been in contact with us. It's saying that their DTF program is up and running and working. And so we had ordered a few samples through them, looked great, uh, stayed on, which was awesome. And so, and they were quick, right? So stalls can get us a transfer from Michigan in two days, um, which is awesome. And there's no, no fight in the machines. It's, it's great quality every time. So I just said, hell with the printers. I'm done with them. Let's order from stalls the same day we order the shirts and Usually they come in around the same time and we just heat them on and get them out from that point. So it's still a three or four day turn time, but it's better than fighting that machine. All right, real quick. I got to tell you something. This is really interesting. And here's why we formed a company called Inktavo. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now. Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo is managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores, and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right, check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. Let me ask about the stores and then fair you dive into the machine stuff. I'm kind of curious when you started the shift to on-demand store fulfillment with this, it's not, it sounds like there's still a bit of a delay though. Like, how are you stocking? Like, how are you planning it? Right? Like, so are you ordering, you know, X amount of shirts and transfers to, to start the store based on how you think it'll do or we, we it's full on demand. I, I never really liked or wanted to have stock. When, and actually, we're, we're tight on space in this building, and I, I don't like having shirts sit here. So what happens is, is Chipley has a as two different types of stores. They call them group and batch stores. So the group stores, right, they might be called catalog stores. I'm sorry. So, uh, so once they, they – you can set them up to close every few days, right? So people will place orders. They close. We come into the in the morning, and they say, hey, you had seven orders from this store close. We just actually send it straight to SNS or Sammar and order the goods from there. That's that's another cool function. Not to talk chiply up this whole podcast, but they have an auto order function, so we can literally just say, "Hey, order these from SNS." After it consolidates it and it does it, and then they show up the next day, um, and we order transfers with that. And so you do this every four days or so. Yeah, typically it's every I think three or four days that we have our batch stores kind of. Kind of going. The, the goal is to really get it down to every day. I'd like to process orders every morning when they get in, order it all, and then print it once it comes in. So there's like a five or seven day turnaround time to get out the door, essentially, instead of whatever the store closed, which could be, you know, a couple of weeks or something before. Yeah, it could be two weeks to a month, depending on how long that group person wants it open. Do, do you have so less of those is. customer complaint issues now because of that? Yes. Yeah. Well, one big thing that we really are trying to fight is the emails asking where the stuff's at. 
every day we get in, we have 15 to 20 emails asking where the stuff's at. And I just, I can't stand it, you know, and, and we're always trying to be faster and faster here anyway. And so I'm like, okay, let's switch them to a catalog store. And even still, if we say it's here in a week, that's better than three or four. So we don't, we get much less complaints that way. But that, so that volume has gone down though. That yes. The emails on yeah. asking where their stuff is. Yes. Correct. Even if a store is open for three weeks, you might still fulfill it every three days. No. So the group stores, if they're open for a certain amount of time, like sets, so say they're open for two weeks, we wait until that two week period to close it. Okay. So the batched stores, the ones that we are, are, are like printing only a few pieces at a time, those are always open. So a lot uh, of those are geared toward like re- restaurants or, or uh, like companies that need stuff all the time. So like a 365 right? store. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you yeah, never shut those open. stores down, but when will you allow, I get a lot of customers that'll say, can we have a store open year round? How do yeah. you how do you validate qualify because uh, we, we do it now, um, but we do it kind of selectively. How has that mm-hmm. been for you? Not great. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to tell which which people are going to have orders. So I guess the easier part to that is once it's open, the transfers only cost a certain amount. Right. So instead of sitting there wondering how many pieces they're going to get for screen printing and if that's going to be worth our time or not, we know a full chest transfer is going to cost five bucks. So we price it accordingly. The same thing, Steve, I hear you talk about this is we price our stuff at retail level for for these always open stores. So instead of having a seven or eight, ten dollar shirt, it's now a twenty dollar shirt, twenty five dollar shirt. So I know the shirt's going to cost three transfer is going to cost five. I'm out eight bucks, ten bucks. By the time we heat it on, we have that extra retail margin built into it. So we just, we kind of pick and choose. We're figuring that out. They're still kind of new to us as well, that these kept these batched stores. So we're, we're working through that to see what's worth it. Do you still have the customer questions though, from the ones that are open for two to three weeks of where's my stuff once they place it or, or is it super clear? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm sure you put it on the site, you put it on the checkout page, you know, you say it again. It's and again, but, right. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. People, people still email us all the time on those. And that's still a huge part of our business, but, but yeah, every day we still get emails like, Hey, where's my stuff? I ordered it two weeks ago. And like, yeah, your store's closing May 1st. Sorry. It'll be another two so weeks. Why not that, so why not do the three, four day batch there? Is that because the pricing is more of a group based pricing or is it still retail? Yeah. People like the lower price point on, on certain stores. It's still, so group store, or I'm sorry, group stores, is still a higher price than my normal bulk orders, but it's not as high as the batched stores, right? So like a normal one color t-shirt on a group store that we might end up printing, you know, 50 of the same design, that those shirts might cost them 15 bucks. If they've got an always open store, it's going to cost them 25 bucks for sure. Hmm. So how do you give a price break on a group store? Is that just kind of your gut instinct of, hey, I hope they order 25 to 50 of them, or do they actually get, you know, like, discounts as they order more how does that work no they i don't they it's the same price no matter what so um and some of the stores that's where we make a lot of our money honestly like some of the stores might do ten thousand bucks and sell a hundred of each logo and we're printing a hundred of those at 15 bucks a shirt and which then you're is great. screen printing it if you can right correct yes. yeah i think um yep. what's interesting is it's almost like and we're going through the same thing there's like different levels of service Right. And it's like, okay, like we say at campus saying B2B, if you place your order in bulk, you get the best prices. If you want a limited release store that's going to have a you know start and end date, you're going to kind of get those like retail prices. And then if we are going to be doing the fulfilling on demand and the customer service and daily, all this stuff. Okay. Now it's going to be like really, really retail. How do right. you, and, and I think what's important and what, what people should hear is, when you run any type of online experience, there is a custom component where like you have to deliver good customer service. You have to respond to emails. Like if you, if you run an online store and you sell to 200 parents and you botch it, you could have 200 one-star reviews. That's your worst nightmare. Oh yeah. Right. So, so yeah. how do you provide, like, what do you make sure? Yeah. Don't I mean, give, it's, it's a risk. Connor, uh, Deja vu here. I, I saw it's something. A, it's a risk. It, it, I, we've, we've been through it before, but we have to. Yeah. How do you? How do you validate? Like, what are the processes you have in place for those kind of levels of service? Do you have like dedicated people that just respond to customer shipping questions? Like, talk to us about the back office side of that customer service. I think it's really interesting. 
Yeah. So I've got one, one person, Alexa, who's, who's my store person right now. Uh, actually we're training a second and, and soon to be a third. Cause we get, we're in probably May on, we start really prepping up for school, but Alexa's great. So actually I, I started it. I started it back a couple years ago and then we've tr- since transitioned and, and have placed people in charge and Alexa is the store manager. So she deals with everything, right? So she deals with the incoming customer. So what we originally have is a basically a quote form that comes through and says, you're looking for a store. What do you want? And it's a real detailed form of what's your school, what's your school colors, what kind of items you want. Um, it gets super detailed, probably takes about five minutes to fill out. But when she gets that form submitted, she knows exactly what they want. Right. And so she'll go through and she'll make tickets in Printavo and she'll, she'll make three or four different orders based on the artwork that we offer for a group store. We offer two to three printed designs and one embroidered design. Um, she'll make those art only tickets, right? So she'll have the art crew create the artwork. We don't charge, we don't charge anything up front because you get all these schools that are like, Hey, I'm a PTO. I'm not going to fork out 50 bucks for artwork right off the bat. They just, they just won't do it. Um, so everything's included. And we just kind of hope that the, that the store does well once we set it up. And it usually does. Um, but she sets up the Printabo tickets. We proof it to the customers. Once they approve it, then we upload PNGs, right, to, to Printabo in the production notes. So they go back, Alexa downloads them all, and then she goes into Chipley and says, okay, based on their sheet that they said of they want hoodies, T-shirts, long sleeves, and sweatpants, she adds all those products, she adds the artwork, and then she pushes the store live for the customer to review. So uh, once it's approved, that person lets the store run, and then – you know, all, all the emails do go to Alexa on any on any questions. So so she supports wonder, her stores, basically. She does. And, and right now, that's great because she knows everything about it. Right. She usually immediately knows when it's going to close, when when the stuff's coming, um, any back orders. Um, but, yeah, it's also a slight issue. Right. It's only one person. So if she's out for one day, um, that's problematic. So that's what we're trying to work on is making sure we at least have a backup for that. But she's busy all year round managing all parts of the store. Yeah. I I think it just goes to show you can't skimp on the customer service side. You can go back and forth with your, you know, PTO leader, but if you don't take care of the customers, you're misrepresenting the brand that that PTO kind of gave you credit to. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the last thing you want is that PTO parent coming to you and saying like, you just pissed off everyone. And now I look like an idiot, you know? Right. And that, that's the hardest thing with stores, right? Is that you're no longer dealing with one person. You are dealing with everyone in the school that's ordering. <laughs> like it used to be the PTO mom said, hey, I need 100 shirts for open house. And it was fine. It was just order them, be done with it. And then they try to sell them. Now it's every single person like, hey, my shirt doesn't fit. Or, hey, I ordered the wrong color. Can I get a refund? And at some point we do it or at every point we do it. Right. I mean, cause we, we have to still, like you said, uphold the customer service side of things. Cause it's just, otherwise they're mad that their kid doesn't have that, you know, hoodie the first day of school. And because they ordered the wrong size and they're mad at you cause it doesn't fit. <laughs> so it, it does add a whole lot more work to the screen printing side of things as compared to just the bulk order. So. How, how do you do the, do you charge any sort of setup fee or any other fees? I remember Steven, you talked about adding a dollar for, uh, packing and, uh, shipping and kind of materials and stuff like that. Do you, do you guys do anything like that, Connor? It's all built in. So we, we have our product pricing matrix that it's in a big Excel sheet that we use, um, for like our normal orders, but with the stores, it's all just, they, they, they have it where you have to add the print price. Um, so basically, if your shirt costs two bucks, they say, okay, you want to double that. The hard cost for the blank shirt's four, and a one color print's going to be 15. So you add the four plus a 15, you're at 19 bucks. So it's, it's all flat. I, I've kind of built in everything to it. I know we're going to sort them. I know we're going to have um, you know bags in it. I know every order that we do is going to have to get sorted. So it's all built into one setup price. There's, there's no fees. With I, th- that. I think there's some there's some wisdom there. Early on, we would you know add a buck here, do this there, and then at a certain point, we're like, okay, every online store, if they want a t-shirt, this is what it is. If they want a hoodie, yeah. this is what it is. Um, right. And I think it goes to say, if you if you put the expectation in that you're going to just DTF all of them, that's your pricing. It's it's much more rigid, um, and people don't. I think printers maybe overthink it a little bit, like. 
you know, you want to provide a solution so that PTO mom can get this off her plate. She's not caring if the shirt's 14 or 15, 50. No, you just want to be dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's kind of the other thing too, is that that's why I wanted to go DTF so badly, right? Is they don't even understand why you're charging them more for one and a three color logo, you know? And you're like, Hmm. well, this shirt on your site is a one color white. This one's got three colors, purple, green, and yellow. That's a $23 shirt and this one's a 15. And they're like, why? You know, and the parents don't even, the, the PTO person might understand, but the parents are like, I'm not going to buy that shirt. It's 23 bucks for an extra three colors. Whereas DTF, I could just say everything's all t-shirts are 20 bucks done, you know, and that's no explanations. It's all easy. They just go buy the shirt they want. And we as a company don't care because we just order, you know, 20 transfers of this one, 20 of that one. And it's, it's the same price either way. So that's why. I really want the technology to work so bad because it would be awesome if it does. Um, it's just, I don't think it's there yet. At least for me, it's not. I don't have the time to mess with it. <laughs> Do you tell them about the the type of decoration you're doing or no? Uh, yes. Yes, we, we do. Um I think when we offer like the cool designs, the multicolor, we do say this is a direct-to-film print. Honestly, people don't even know what that means. So we, I say yes, and everyone's like, well, what's DTF? And they give you a weird look, and you're like, well, it's it's on film then it gets heat transferred most of the time they don't care as long as the shirt looks good that's really what they care about do you think you would stop telling people i guess i'm just curious as to um if they don't know then does it matter to to let them know or is it just so just in case if folks have ordered a different type of shirt before which is a screen printing shirt and they're like why is it different if it's I don't think it does matter, honestly. If it if it looks good and it's what the what the kid wants, you know, or what the person wants, it's usually fine, right? People, a lot of people, if if the DTF is good, they don't even know the difference, right? I mean, it feels good and it's a it's high quality, but that's that's our issue is just finding finding that right, finding something that looks like a screen print. Yeah, I think if you're giving a retail experience, so we don't let our customer, if, if it's a retail experience, we have all decision-making power on how it's decorating, decorated. Yeah. Uh, it's not even published. Um, because it, it, you know, yeah, for, for that same reason. Um, now if it's a bulk order, um, we do try to be you know specific about that because I think the one part about a DTF transfer that sucks is if you do have a large image, um, it will feel bulletproof, right? Like yes. at a certain extent, if someone has a full front, like something massive or a big circle, it does not feel good. Um, and that's where you, you know, that's what we try to do with our art team and be like, okay, let's, if, if let's make this DTF friendly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we get that all the time. We, we say bulletproof daily. We're like, God, this is stupid. And I, even me, I don't even like wearing any of the shirts. And I'm like, I print shirts for a living. And if it's a bulletproof DTF shirt, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, you know? And, and so it is, it's it's finding that gap and, and making sure it's a nice shirt that people actually do want to wear. My dad always says it's, it's got to be the first shirt they pull out of their closet, you know, and, and so um, making that happen is, is important. So, what, what about minimums? Uh, do you guys deal with issues around minimums, having to refund closed stores, you know, not a great customer experience or does DTF allow you or not DTF, but uh, well, just transfers in general allow you to be able to, uh, better handle those or yeah. Where like you sit? D- yeah, it does. Um, with, with transfers, we're way more willing to process the store. So you do get those stores that everyone's like, Hey, I'm going to sell 50 items or whatever. And it only sells two orders total. And most of the time we will end up contacting that person and say, Hey, your store didn't do as well as you thought it was going to do. We're going to have to refund it or you're going to have to do something on your end to make this happen. And, um, those customers usually understand they're usually pretty fine with it. Uh, but once you get that like interim of, you know, 10, 15 orders, it gets a little trickier. So you don't want to piss off 12 to 15 people. So you do process it and DTF does make that better. Do you advertise that you have no minimums or do you set a minimum, but then you kindly enforce or not enforce it? We, we let the person know, they say, Hey, the expectations with a store are that you're going to sell, 50 total items, even still, right? Cause we had people, we tried to do 24 of each before we tried telling them, Hey, you got to make sure you sell 24 of each design. That's impossible. Right. I mean, they, they might, then one design might not look good to everybody and they might sell two of that one and 50 of the other one. And they're like, well, why can't you just print those two? And it's like, well, 
you don't understand. It's 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 a whole thing. So no, we we just say fifty total pieces, and we kind of reflect our pricing based on that. So it's less less about design and more of like total order. Like, is this over our, uh, you know, is is it a nice order? Is it a fourteen fifteen hundred dollar order? And as long as you the team, okay, that's really interesting. But then, do you limit the amount of products they can have on the store? Like, could they have thirty options? No. Okay. Um, we have a set kind of template store that's like basically a gil a, a, a shirt a hoodie and and what and a hat right so that those are the three things um i think we let them go up to about 10 products and, and usually it's like a, a t-shirt and a nicer t-shirt a hoodie and a nicer t- hoodie so um i think our general rule of thumb is two to three printed designs and one embroidery so and the embroidery has to fit and work on a hat it, and a polo right so it's going to be the same size so we can we, we can't run them together but at least the, we don't have to digitize it twice. Um, and then they get the two or three different variations of the designs on the same products. So Chipley's makes it nice where we can just bring in all those products, add the artwork, and then do it again for the different artwork. And it, it makes a quick setup on those stores. I, I was going to ask on the fulfillment side, you bag and tag everything, right? Or do you guys, you don't let like the PTO do their own bag and tag? <laughs> no. We've tried that too. Yeah. That, that, you know, like, Hey, I'm short four mediums, but I got four larges left over. You're like, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> bring it back. We'll sort it for you. Can we talk about marketing and stuff for a little bit? I, I kind of sure. wanted to go there. Um, yeah, go for it. Yep. So you ran 500 stores last year. Um, if your average successful store was 50 orders or 50 people, that's 25,000 customers that you've effectively touched. Did I do that math right? Yep. So Correct. what do yep. you, okay, 25,000 customers, I assume pretty local, right? Maybe national. Yep. Correct. What do you then, do you use like, do you look at that as a marketing vehicle at all? I do. Um, so we, we actually collect all their emails. So everything comes in. I've got a zap set up for that where it's, it's once they place an order, it sends it to our MailChimp list, right? So, um, so that's awesome. Now, I don't use it as, as much as I should. So this year's kind of been a marketing effort for us. We, we just took one of our artists and promoted him to a head marketing guy. Um, so we're now taking that list. I've had, I've got a list of, I think 50,000. No, it might not be 50. I think it's lower than that. We just started. So it's about 17,000 subscribers on MailChimp and it's adding, you know, a lot every day. And so we have that Avenue. It's just harnessing it is, is what How we're trying do to do. you market to, to that group? Like what, what do you, what do you, or maybe even Steven, like if you've done this, what, what do you, do you send them campus Inc news Would would they even know what campus Inc was because they were working with the organizer? Like what's an example? No. So, so we don't do a lot, right? So I was always never a fan of getting blown up by email. I, I didn't want people to think we we're just bombarding them. So um, right now what it is, is just shirt coat stuff. So we send out a little newsletter at the beginning of the month and say, Hey, here's what's going on here with us. Um, a quick recap of the company. It's, it's light. It's real easy. Uh, it's nothing pushing the sale as of now, but what we have started to do is we've started to download all those emails from a store that closes and we import that as its own separate list in the MailChimp. So we then know, cause almost every store that places with us does it again the following year. And again, the year after that, so it's almost a guarantee that people that come to us don't leave. So then you can then take that list the next time the store launches and oh, market, and market on behalf of that. the customers. Customers, wow, it's genius. Yes. Okay, that's yes, smart. awesome. There we go. Yeah. There, there's a clip. Yeah, that's a nugget. It, um, it's so easy. Yeah, and and that list is there, right? So and and we just really started kind of focusing on that. I've I've put a few people in charge, and now I have time to kind of figure all that stuff out. So. Um, that I'm, I'm super excited about doing if, that. If you can co-market, so at Campus Inc, um, we'll run like our basic online stores and we run big Shopify brands and we sure. are the marketing agency for that. We run the Instagram, we run the Twitter, we run the email, Clavio campaign, right. everything. And we've learned that the more we can control and help with the marketing, the better the outcome is. So I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, Bruce, I was going to go back to your point. Like, what do you do with all those emails? There are some things that would be smart for shops to probably start doing. So like the first thing is connect, you know, if you're selling online, connect to some sort of MailChimp, Clavio, Constant Contact, SendGrid, whatever that may be. And um, you want to you want to think about this. 
Customers that buy direct to consumer on e-commerce, they're what we call like top of funnel. They have bought from you. They sort of know about you, but they don't know much about you. And it's up to you as the business to try and like nurture them, delight them, um, and get them to turn into a bigger customer or a returning customer or a loyal customer. And so what you want to start doing is like sending out an email and at Campus Inc. on our D2C sites, you get an email a day because we want to be in your inbox. And even if you don't open it, as long as you don't unsubscribe, it's like passing it's like passing a billboard every single day down the highway. There's some sort of visual recognition there. Right. And so we're in their what inbox. What is in the emails? What do you like, mean? What do you send? Um, it could be it's it's we say like value based content. So like it could be entertaining. It could be what's new this week. It could be something that's going on in the community. It can have nothing to do with T-shirts. The more entertaining it can be, the better. Um, it's it's less about a call to action. Um, but at the bottom of it, we'll always say like start your order, get in touch, whatever. It's just to be top of mind. And Connor, I was kind of in that camp of like, I don't want to bombard customers. Um, But what I have learned from like seeing the top brands and I like subscribe, I have like a spam inbox. Like Bruce, how often do you get an email from Southwest Airlines besides like when you forgot to check in and stuff? But like, uh, (laughs) how often do you get an email from Southwest? Yeah, I mean, for every flight, they must send like three or four emails. But but as a Southwest customer, do you just get daily stuff? Oh, the stuff? marketing constant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I unsubscribed at this yeah. point, but... Uh, <laughs> I do. I get it all the so, time, yeah. So yeah. the brands that I am loyal with, I don't unsubscribe because I'm worried that if I put in an order, like they won't send my order confirmation or mm-hmm. I like... I, I agree with that. You know, I agree. that's a yeah. great thought though of how can it be entertaining? Right. Yeah. That's and a, we focus that's on a good that perspective. A a lot, a lot of our stuff isn't is, is to Stephen's point. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not trying to promote a sale. You know, we're just saying, hey, Mike's back there printing a smear shirt. If you guys are interested in looking at that, or uh, we got a new press today. You know, no, and and here's here's how the install went. That's when we just posted. Was just how we tore down and put a new one up. People like that stuff, and and honestly, people think that we're just running a heat press back there. So showing the shop itself is, is also kind of cool. You know, to to see what a screen printing shop actually looks like and what we do. From the emails that you send out, Connor, do you get people that like be like, oh, I, I heard about that or I read about that or, oh, I saw some stuff about you. Like how much direct feedback do you get personally as the owner from your marketing emails, that kind of stuff? I get a lot. Um, we, we have about a 40% open rate on our emails, which is pretty good in my opinion. Um, so I get a lot from that, but I, I get more from TikTok. <laughs> it's it's amazing because we, we, we really did. We started a campaign this year to really try to increase our social media presence because we, we've never done it. Right. We've always said we're too busy to try it and we've done it. And I get people all the time now saying, oh, man, I, he must be too busy to talk to me. He's TikTok famous now or, or whatever it is. I'm like, so are you ordering shirts? And like, yeah, I, I saw you on TikTok and I need some shirts. I'm like, well, it's working at least, you know. <laughs> really? What are you, what's your, what's your TikTok here? Uh, STL Shirt Co. Yeah. And what are you posting? Just, just a whole bunch of nothing, right? It's just TikTok. It's just, it's just, we got my dad printing shirts. We did the press install and uninstall. Wow. We did, um, it's just stuff, right? Oh, and, designs. And it's, I see designs. Some of it's funny. Like a- and a lot of it's cringy, right? And that's what they say. If you're not doing it cringy, you're, you're not doing it right, I guess. Or if your first are, video is yeah. not cringe. Who's doing Are you this? the one behind the camera or do you have someone more talented or less? No, no. My, my brother, actually, he he's a uh, musician. Uh, so Lucid, I'll give him a shout out. But he's a musician and he's got a whole bunch of buddies in photography that film him and make his music videos. And and so this year at the beginning of the year, I said, why don't you come in every Wednesday and for you know eight to noon, let's film. And, and Joey, my marketing guy, he, he comes up with the prompts or my dad and I will come up with something and we'll write a quick script for four hours. Every Wednesday he comes in, we film, he goes back and edit, edits it. And then by that following week, we have some content and we, we, we had an unbelievable amount. We, I just had to press stop on it because, um, we had, we have months worth of content by this point. You'd be amazing what four hours every Wednesday will get you. So he'll create short form remixed content we're talking 10 to 15 seconds so he'll come in for three or four hours 
Then from that, he'll produce 15 or 20 dumb clips, fun clips, whatever, printing clips. And then you guys can load them out. That's a really smart strategy for a shop that is like, how do I get in this? I think the the one mistake that shops make is if you are not talented at making them, you can tell very quickly. And that's when you have like poorly produced ones where you like swipe through them. I agree. No, it's, it's gotta be high quality. And that's a, I, I get, I think, you know, I, we're probably spending way too much money on it, but it's, everything's awesome. It, it comes in and it looks great. And uh, could you, you know, share what you pay for something like that? Yeah. So, um, right now for them, for my, my, my brother kind of helps with it. So it's, it's probably about 3000 a month that I'm spending, um, for them to come in and they're just starting. So I feel like I'm probably getting a fairly good deal actually with them coming in for that much. Um, but yeah, 3000 a month just on creating, right? Just on making the videos, no ad spend, no nothing else. Um, then we've got our other, other budget. We spend a lot on SEO as well. Bruce you know, and I like I, interview, I, we try to find like, see what like, there's like huge agencies that do podcast remixing. Bruce, what are some of the prices that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the starting point. It's 3000 Um Yeah. I, one I chat was at 10000 Um Crazy mm-hmm. though, because... AI actually, we found this service called Vid Yo V I D Y O dot AI, and it actually does it. Um, and it's like fifty bucks or hundred bucks a month. <clears throat> but okay. it uses AI to like in the video find every question and create a clip, and then you choose the ones out of the whole video. You're, you're gonna put his brother out of. You're gonna put his brother out of business. Um, <laughs> hey man, AI put everybody out. I, I'm, <laughs> it's happening. Do Do you feel like? And I want Bruce is gonna kind of talk about your website. Like I'm watching a video of you dropping some equipment from a forklift, which I haven't seen it <laughs> crash yet. Me. I, I but, texted yeah, this to Stephen because uh, anything forklift remi- uh, related reminds me of Farrakh driving his. <laughs> well, I naturally yeah. drop things off forklift, so this seems like it's intended. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, that's, but that's my dad, yeah. you definitely like, we can tell like you've made an effort here, like a concerted effort. Have you felt the results of it? Like yet? Like you can't really measure it. Do you feel like there's an uptick in business? What do you feel like? What's your gut tell you? I, I feel like it's, it's helping. Um, I just don't really know the quality of the orders. I re- that's, that's the hardest thing to gauge, right? It's like, are, are they just, are they just recognizing us? Do they just think they could get one shirt or one hat from us? Or is somebody actually coming with a hundred piece order? Is somebody setting up a store? I, it's, it is very difficult to tell what, what's actually working and what's not. So it, reorders are working. I, I, I do think that's, if, if anything, people are calling and saying, Oh, that reminds me, I need to call Shirtco. I need shirts. So that works. Um, yeah. Attribution is hard. There's a really good yeah. blog post though, that I saw that was just like, look, you know, if content and education and or entertainment is just a part of the company's DNA, it's impossible to uh, just measure it. Um, and especially in a world like this where people will watch you on one channel, then they'll go to another channel and then they'll buy like a month later. You just can't measure it. Uh, real quick, because I know we got a, a hard stop in 10 minutes. Can you just riff really quick and then we'll wrap on, on you've ran 500 plus stores last year, which is huge. What are the wins lot, like the best things to do that you did and and changes you made? And then the worst thing, like the biggest mistakes there, you know, like, Hey, if you're getting online stores, absolutely don't do this. And and Steven, the ones that you have too, feel free to jump in. I'm sure you've got a bunch. uh, People hear me enough. Connor, go for it. (laughs) Uh, we could start with the worst is, uh, d- don't fuck up the artwork for a lack of a better term. Right. So we've, we've done that where we've <laughs> sent orders over to Printavo for product for production and we uploaded the wrong art. Right. So logo one got on logo two and logo two got on logo one and we print the whole entire store and go to separate it. And nothing, not one order is right. And, and it's, you just got to do eat it and do it again, right? And that's that is the absolute worst when that happens. That usually happens about twice a year, where where a four or five thousand dollar store gets the wrong artwork flipped, and that's that's a that one hurts. Um, uh, one of the best things we did, though, I will say, is is adding a little mailer inside every order, right? So it kind of goes with that email thing. Is we put a mailer in there that says, "Do you need an online store?" and it's as a QR code to it, and and so every we have 25,000 people that we can reach now at this point and they're all opening that bag and they got a little thing for shirt code that says, Hey, scan this. If you need a store, we get more hits off that little QR code than, 
than anything else we do for marketing wise. So that's, that's kind of a cool, easy one to do is just throw a little insert in that bag. Um, trying to think of what else is good. Separated. We have to separate everything. That's the best decision we make because nothing, we know right off the bat when things are wrong and we go back through and fix it and, and, and send it out from there. What do you mean? Like lay it physically so on the table you, before you, bagging it or? Yeah. Yeah. So we have like shell pallets, just pallet racking in our shop. So basically when everything is printed and done, it's all individually folded. It's all sent down to the sorting area. And then we print out all the packing slips, right? So some stores could have a couple hundred packing slips and we've got a person going through. They say, okay, this person ordered a hoodie, a t-shirt and this of logo one, two, and three. So they take that slip, they go grab it, they put it in a bag and then that bag gets that insert and then they send it off for, to be done. Um, that's the best thing because we know at the end of that sorting time that if everything's perfect, it's great. We're done with it. If, if we have a shirt left over or missing a shirt, we know that we screwed up somewhere, right? So typically that involves going back through every single order that we pulled and making sure it's right. But we at least know, and that's, that's, it's good for us because we know when it's wrong, right? It's not waiting on the customer to tell us and say, Hey, we're missing five shirts, but we're extra on these. We, and, we at least and go you back. Know and your staff will make natural mistakes. So having yes. that law in your shop of like, you have to pre-sort everything that creates a lot of efficient, like it creates really good quality standards with your team. Um, that was yes. a big change. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And just make it, and we know everything's there, right? I mean, it's, it's perfect. Everything gets printed. Everything's good. It's, it's just, it's awesome when that happens. So, um, we're not worried about it going out to the customer at that point. There's a really good guide that Luke wrote, um, on Printavo. Um, it's like a guide to running online stores. It's really long. It's like a book, like a almost like a small ebook. Um, we'll have to link it in here, but it kind of goes through a lot of the stuff, Connor, that you talk about that's like so critical. And I think shops listening to this should know that there's, you know, running online stores is just a little bit different, um, but it untaps like a crazy amount of marketing and a crazy audience that that you can you can kind of unleash, which I think is pretty sweet here. Yeah, we found a crazy niche in those. And it, what's what's cool about those, especially in our business, is that we do a lot of schools, right? So when one teacher hears that they ran a store for, for their DECA club or whatever it is, they tell the rest of the teachers and that the, the whole school at some point, but we always say, if you get one school, you're, you're golden, right? I mean, that's, that's school spends so much money on apparel. It's crazy. They have so many different clubs, but one teacher does good with a store that they tell the rest of them. And then there you got baseball, soccer, they're all coming in for, for their own versions of the stores. And at some point you've got every, every school and then they switch it over to the other ones. So, um, that's huge doing that. Right. We, we realize that, that if you, if you get a store, right, you're, you're good. So Connor, there's one thing. At, okay. Two things. Um, we'll give you 10 seconds to riff. What equipment are you selling? What are you trying yep. to get rid of? Um, if I'm shops up. want to contact Connor, what are you, what are you trying to sell? <laughs> what are you trying to sell right now? Or, or uh, part this with? is a fun one. Yeah. Right. So I have a STS DTF unit for sale. That's it's not listed yet. If you guys want that, I, I'll make you a great deal. No, no, no finders fee or anything. That's awesome. Um, and a rock fold unit. Talk about equipment that I've bought and got all excited about and, and, and haven't used, uh, that's for sale as well. No, nothing wrong with it. Works great. But, um, we just don't have the volume for it. It's just sitting in, and it's, it's, it's also very huge. It's, it's one of the bigger machines I've ever had and it's, um, in the way. So if anybody wants a rock fold unit, that's, that's for sale. So at a pretty good price at a very good price. Yeah. Uh, you know, fire sale at this point, it's got to go because we're getting ready for the busy season. It's taking up much needed space, but yeah, DTF, if you guys want to buy that, what else do I have? I just sold a challenger. <laughs> Uh, I, I always say I have an equipment addiction. I, I don't know. I, there's, you there's might be a problem. worse than always, me. You might be worse buy, than me. I'm buying um, new stuff all the time. I'm, I'm a, I, I can't help it. So, um, but I, I don't print. I always say that to my staff. I, I know we're getting short on time here, but I don't know how to print. I'm on team. Don't know how to load a shirt. Right. So I, my, my dad started it. I just came over for the business and sales side. I love that side, but I try to get the best equipment for my staff just because I know that, I can't do it. And I want them to have good equipment to help them do it. What's so, funny is that Bruce printed for a while, but he is definitely on team. No print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, I can't, I can't. Or print. Sorry to all the customers rusty. that got your shirts back in the day. So I'm just yeah, kidding. Crooked. Yeah. This, is, this is good stuff. A little burnt. Yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. a little rusty, a little burnt. Uh-huh. 
Um, Connor, you are awesome. Thank you for uh, just sharing everything about online stores. Uh, you can reach Connor to Connor at stlshirtco.com. So if you're looking to buy any equipment or want to visit the uh, equipment museum in St. Louis. Yeah. Come on out. It's, it's always open. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I appreciate the time, guys. It's it's a lot of fun. This is my first podcast. So uh hopefully it goes here's over, to many more. Over okay. Heck yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Pronestos, for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications. If you enjoyed this video, if you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job to subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.